Today on Keep Classical Weird, I talk with two artists involved with the world of ballet. One is on stage and one is in the pit below. And the divide is bigger than one would think. So nice to finally meeting you since, you know, we perform together, but we don't really have a chance to see each other. Yeah, it's crazy. You and I have probably done dozens of shows together and we've never met. Welcome, friends, to episode 13 of Keep Classical Weird. I am your host, Casey Bozell, and today we'll be discussing the world of ballet. I should say, actually, that we'll be barely touching the tip of the iceberg of the world of ballet, as it is an art form with deep traditions and pedagogy that go back centuries. The origins of ballet can be traced all the way back to the 15th century as performative dance was emerging in the Italian Renaissance. Ballet as an art form took off in a particularly powerful way during the Romantic era when some of the most famous ballet music was being composed like Swan Lake, Sleeping Beauty, and The Nutcracker. Yeah, I just named three pieces by Tchaikovsky, but he was indeed a ballet giant. Ballet continues to evolve today, with new works being commissioned and choreographed all the time, either to new or existing compositions. I found a wonderful and incredibly nice ballet dancer for this episode. She's been dancing professionally for 20 years, and we're lucky to have her right here in Portland. My name is Xuan Chen, and I'm a principal ballerina with Oregon Ballet Theatre also the artistic director of Oregon International Ballet Academy. I was born in Hunan, Chenzhou, so a small town in the uh, southern China. And then when I was 10, and so the school of Guangzhou Ballet, they're doing like a national tour audition. So I went I went there and uh, there is like literally three rounds, like you have to do a regional one, you pass that, then you go to the national one. So like there's in one province, there may be like 2000 people audition. And at the end, they might pick one or two. So something like that. So at the end, I joined the school with, uh, you know, that class is like about 50 students the first year. When we graduate, there's 12 people join the company. So we go to the school. It's like a boarding school. I left home when I was 10. So join the school and we do everything there. On the morning, it's ballet and we do like point. Everything is it's the um, dance, right? And during the afternoon, is academic school. Xuan's story of leaving home at 10 is remarkable, but not uncommon. Ballet is a rigorous art form, demanding a lot of the human body. And training from a young age is essential to really succeeding as a professional dancer. Yeah, it's just, it's not like one day, I'm like, one day I decide to be a ballerina. No, it's just like how things driving me towards where I am right now. When I was 10, how I even don't know what ballet really is because 
because you know everything ballet is from the west and everything like i until then i have never seen a real life performance like ballet i mean there is performance you know all like in china we always had like all kinds of performance but it's all mixed right there's singing there's acting like it's more like a more festivity like that but it, i i have never seen watched a real life ballet performance and i i remember i watched something through the tv like you know and it's somehow it's just like like my parents teach me if you decide to do something do your best try your best you know and then if it doesn't work out at least you won't be regret once you go through all of this training if you're fortunate enough to join a company you are now tasked with learning a monumental amount of choreography if it's a classical ballet, this choreography is passed down from generation to generation of student becoming teacher. For example, if we do a, a Sleeping Beauty or whatever, we, what we just did in February. Mm -hmm. so, like five weeks to learn everything and to practice, to perfect everything, and then bring it on stage. Five weeks for... I think so. Usually it's five weeks. And that's like so, a three-hour show so hard the most challenging one i have done classical as i meant before i did sleeping beauty i thought is swan lake oh. because it's so long and you have to do two roles two, right right out there and audio and uh, you know there's the foetus whatever and then the white swan so that's that's what i thought and um, until i did sleeping beauty why i find that that's most challenging because I have never done Sleeping Beauty the full length before. So this is actually my first time did it. So with Sleeping Beauty, it's so long. And Aurora is on stage all the time. Once she's on stage, there's no stop. And I have to change in costume change, quick change, three back and forth, three or four times. So that doesn't, that also takes energy. So there's no time. I remember I w we are joking, like, you know, dancers when, we, when we're doing this in February with the Auroras. We're like, oh my God, I don't have time to go to pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because literally like we have, we are like, when I'm off stage, I'm changing. Go back. And then you go the back on stage. Wow. And, yeah. And then, so that was hard. And another hard thing is because the entrance it was so hard that entrance because usually when we do a classical ballet you always have something to build to like swan lake when she all that coming out it's you know it's slower and you're doing an adagio or whatever so you have somewhere to build but with aurora sleeping beauty when she coming out first act that's variation so for me it's coming out like to do all the fast little jump yeah. That is so hard, and then you have to be like, da -da, I'm 16, this is my first day, hey, <laughs> celebrate. And it also makes you you're nervous, right? So everything is just like, you build, build, it's like, <laughs> and then once you're done with that operation, you're like, okay, it's time to take a break. No, what comes after is the Rosa Adagio, which is the, the hardest thing. Really? You know, it's like, yeah. It, because it's so long and all those balance we have to do. <laughs> yeah, you have to take the rows and do the balance with all the with all the suitors, right? It, that are coming in. Yeah, the thing is, like with this, it's so like I literally I said I feel I'm naked on stage because if anything happened, there's no way I can save it. 
Wow. You know, like because it's so pure, it's literally pure classical. Right? Like Swaleki, there is still the swan. You can be a swan. And with, you know, and with Giselle, she's a peasant girl. She's, oh, there's things. And Juliet, like there's things, you know, story wise, you can not distract. Yeah, you can distract me to, you know, to perform that. Because I always say, you know, if I'm in a story, I like if you just think, if I just think about the story, I dance better and all the、mm. technique. I don't need to worry anymore.、Mm-hmm. But with Aurora, like she's just a pure princess, and see how beautiful and graceful I am. And then, <laughs> if you、wow. fall out from that balance, like audience see it. Like if you just shake, shake. Yeah. So there's nothing you can hide, and it's because everything is literally pure classical ballet. After the entrance. It's like climbing mountain. Once you feel, ah, I'm at the top of this mountain. No, there's another one high one you have to climb. Wow! Like, literally feels like that. Like, okay, I'm done with this variation. <laughs> no break. Okay, Rosa, that you. Dun dun. Ha! Now I'm. I did that. You have like maybe I don't know twenty seconds to to breathe, and then another very hard the first act variation, Aurora variation, and after that there's the coda. And then until I have to like after I'm fainting, ah,、uh-huh. then I'm like, oh my god, I can break. Wow! Break. No costume change. <laughs> <laughs> It's always hard for, for the first act because that's how you set up everything, right? Once everything first act is done, then I'm more calm. I'm I'm a little bit like okay. That's the hardest thing I have done. Okay, next I'm just enjoy the rest. But the thing is, every single act is so hard. If it's a new creation, for example, if it's a <clears throat> contemporary new creation, it's made on us. I love it because you, you know, artists, the the choreographer have all those ideas. But as an artist, as a dancer, we make their ideas to becoming true and become reality. So we are also part of the creation process. So with that, basically, you know, like they will say, "Okay, do this. I have this idea, and I have to try my best to make their vision the way I can express what do they want." And then to how to remember if it's a contemporary, it's a new thing. And that's how I learn things too. Like I always see it. Like I will imagine, like in my mind, like okay, this is how. It's more like a painting or like a Chinese calligraphy. Like it, there's shape, there, how your body move, and I always see it. And then I will. And another thing for ballet is all muscle memory, right? So we have to just keep practicing, practicing, practicing until your body will do it automatically. So you don't need to think anymore. So your your body will just dance and react. Near the end of this rehearsal process, the orchestra comes in. They have a crucial collaborative component in this art form, and I wanted to talk to the concertmaster of the Oregon Ballet Theater Orchestra to gain a musician's perspective. So much of that genre is dependent on other people involved. So it's not just us on the stage, us the musicians and the conductor. So having a whole other team with us, choreographers as well, and costumes and dancers, of course,、um, just makes it kind of a 
bigger, it feels like a bigger art form, bigger collaboration, which is kind of unique in that sense. This is my dear friend and colleague, Nellie Kovalev. She's been in the concertmaster position in this orchestra for eight years now, and as such is in charge of performing all the violin solos in the ballet music repertoire. Last year was a performance of a particularly demanding one, the Stravinsky Violin Concerto. This was written to be performed with a violin soloist in front of an orchestra in a concert setting, but George Balanchine also choreographed an entire ballet to the 23-minute work. Now, the Stravinsky Violin Concerto on its own is, I don't know how you want to describe it. I have my own words of how I'd like to describe the piece, but how would you (laughs) describe that piece just as general repertoire? Insanity, pure insanity. (laughs) It is very unique and uh, different from any of the other concertos I've performed or in the standard violin rep because it feels so much like a chamber music piece. There are so many sections where you're straight up playing duets or trios or little quintets with sections in the in the orchestra. So I've never really experienced that in a concerto, and that's pretty cool. It's also super quirky, just really quirky. So it's colorful. It's just uh, kind of a fun, fun piece in that sense. In that concerto, I'm just, I, I don't feel like I am really truly the soloist in any way because the soloists are on stage. The dancers are ultimately the soloists. So it was great to get to watch them and to see what's going on and just realize what my role is. So I still, of course, try to play as soloistically as I can, but ultimately the solo happens on stage. And you got to see, is that because most of us in the orchestra don't actually get to see a lot of the ballet, we just play a lot of the ballet, but you got to go to a rehearsal and see like what you were playing with. Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah. I went to a rehearsal. I also flew to New York actually to see the New York City Ballet do this production because they were doing it maybe six months before us. So just to get the whole picture live, of course, I watched it and listened to it, but to get to watch it live was great just to understand what's going on because I don't know how many people have listened to maybe that concerto. I I certainly didn't know it, didn't haven't hadn't listened to it enough before I was asked to learn it. And in my first listen to, <laughs> to the piece, I just didn't even know what's going on. It is <laughs> it's crazy. So it took a little while to really get to understand the piece musically, but then to get to see it put together with the choreography, it actually made a lot more sense. So I do wish in a way that my first introduction to the concerto was in a ballet setting, like in a ballet performance. And I think that comes from, you know, the great relationship that Balanchine and Stravinsky had together. They just understood each other so well. So in a way, I feel like that really helped to tie it, tie the piece together. So you actually feel like through the choreography that the music made more sense to you? Yeah. That's cool. The concerto is in four movements, which was also unusual. And in the middle are these two beautiful arias and the first, what kind of, what I sort of saw in my mind as I was listening to them, that second aria is just kind of, Uh, It's so beautiful, but also kind of sad. But then the choreography so wasn't. It was about them kind of showing 
or him showing her the world and um you know it was more kind of a eye-opening just something beautiful on stage uh, where in my mind it was just more of a reflection on maybe something a little more sad so and you know that's probably the beauty of choreography can really take it in any direction that you feel in addition to on stage off stage and the pit there's a very important component that makes ballet such a unique art form to experience, the audience. Schwen and I were able to compare notes about some of our favorite audience reactions. So it's just like during the pas de deux and there's a, a, a little kiss, like a pause moment. Mm-hmm. And then the music goes, and then we go, bum, 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 bum. that's silence music. Uh-huh. And then we hear that, and the audience, I hear, hear them, they're like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, like, oh, something like that's make you like, and I, I and I hear that, I was like, <laughs> like, I actually laughed a little bit inside. <laughs> that's so cute. Like, yeah, like stuff like that, stuff like that, and that that's that's why it makes this thing so beautiful and so magical that's that reminds yeah. me of the time i don't think it was your night playing juliet i think it was oh yes 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 where the it's, audience member cried out yeah there the audience said don't don't drink the poison right. uh, she's didn't die. yeah that's yeah, she's what not I'm dead she's about. sleeping she's don't, not dead yes yeah that yeah and that was a really, I remember in the pit, that was a really quiet moment in the music too, when she cried yeah. out. I know. And I, I remember I was like backstage. I was like watching the monitor, Yeah, <clears throat> you know, because sometimes it depends the set. I cannot really watch from the wing. So it depends. And then everyone was like uh, talking. Was like, Someone just like cried, cried out. I was like, what? And then like people are talking about, I was like, Wow, yes, that's, that's, that's live theater. If you're a musician, a dancer, or a ballet fan, all this talk about collaboration and excitement might have you feeling a little hopelessly nostalgic. I feel that way too. But just listen to Schwen talk about the electricity and spark of dancing to live music and tell me you don't just get a little more hopeful about the future. And of course, live orchestra, it's, it's, it's life. So it's, it's just, uh, it's really different because it brings out more magic. How, how so? Can you, I've heard, I've heard ballet dancers say this before. Yeah. Can you tell me how? So, you know, with recording music, you know the tempo is always going to be the same. You know that notes will always be there. When I do Nutcracker, I know, like, you know, the it will always be there with the recording. And then your body also know, like, you know, then your, your body used to it. So you're like, it's, <clears throat> it's like, you know, if you take an adventure, right? With live music, it's like you don't know what view you're going to see, but that might surprise you. You will be like, wow. And with recording, it's more like, okay, we have this planned schedule and this is where we go. It's great, but it's like, you know, ahead is, and of course, the amazing thing is about live music is you don't know what's going to happen. Anything, right? Life, even it's a recording music, but with live orchestra, it's because everything is alive. As a dancer, I have to be more in it, like, 
living. Of course, every show should be like that one show, right? But with the live music, it can push you to another level, and it's when that amazing thing happened. It, I, there's no one can describe it. And that's our show for today. My sincerest thanks to Xuan Chen and Nelly Kovalev for their wonderful interviews, both of which left me feeling lighter and happier. Our theme music is composed by Thomas Barber, and listening to his music will most likely make you feel lighter and happier too, so check it out at thomasbarber.com. Web development support is provided by Tina at citybeautifuldesign.com. Keep Classical Weird is created and edited by me, Casey Bozell. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Casey Bozell. We'll be back next week with another show. Wear a mask. Stay safe and stay weird.